listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com. And streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Glee After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. 1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Glee After Show. Why won't you put your arm around me? Like puck okay, I don't want to show my emotion. We all grieve differently. Exactly. I can't yeah. believe we're all here. Makeup done. But Bing is for doing, and we're here doing another Glee after show for you all. This one's a tough one. It's entitled The Quarterback. It's season five, episode two. And of course Three. It's, three. Ooh. Um, episode three. Um okay. and uh Time flies. Time flies, exactly. And it's, of course, in memory of Cory Monteith and the character Finn Hudson. Um, we watched separately tonight, so we haven't had a chance to really talk a lot about it yet, so it should be a good discussion. I'm Stephanie Wanger. Hi, everyone. I'm Marissa Serafini. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah Mendoza. Hi, guys. I'm Roxy Stryer. So what did you think? Did it live up to your expectations tonight of what you were hoping for? I think, I mean, I think we were all, um, I don't think excited is the word, but like we needed this. And for me, like I couldn't wait for this episode to come because I wanted to celebrate him in this way, to mourn him in this way. Cause I knew at that exact moment, not only were, you know, us four or tonight, us for watching it and remembering Corey, but like Gleeks all around the world were just like an outpouring their love. And remembrance of him and that's a beautiful thing especially in these situations is to remember like from the episode that line their life how they live their life and that's what's most important i think that it was uh, obviously a very emotional episode um i think it was very respectful mm-hmm. which is the most important thing that it could have been there were ways that i felt like they really could have done they could have dishonored him and i really don't think they did that and the main focus was his life, not his passing, which was very important. The one thing that I will say that I did wish that we saw, which we didn't, um, is I wish that we had seen some footage of him, uh, whether that be flashback or unseen footage. And I saw multiple quotes from people saying they, that they almost did put it in, but it was too hard. So I can understand that choice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did at one point see his face uh, just in that photograph. Right. And maybe that was enough for a lot of people. Um and my other favorite part about the episode was how many duos we had, one-on-ones with people. Usually people are talking in big groups. And tonight's episode, the songs were in big groups, but the conversations were very personal one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the fact that they had, um, the, the originals normally, yeah, they got their 
uh, time to really remember Corey and Finn, the character, as we all know and love. And But I loved how they showed all the different aspects of grieving, and the, which is so realistic in how people deal with a, an unfortunate passing. Uh-huh. And it, it just showed, like, where everyone was at, and it's real. It was, it was real. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Roxy that I felt like it really did honor him. It wasn't about trying to make... I think even Sue mentions like a spectacle of someone's life or death and it easily could have gone that way for me and he, they really did honor who Finn was and in a way who Corey was and we had heard Ryan Murphy we talked about it in our summer show about Corey that he was going to deal with his death head on was the quote and he really didn't didn't do that and I thought that that was an interesting choice and in the end I thought it worked for them that not having it be so much about what had happened to the character of Finn but mm-hmm. memoring who he was that was right I, I can really appreciate how they changed their approach um, and we'll talk about Kurt's character later a little bit more but he says like you know Finn Corey's death was just a single moment what he cares about more is how he lived his life Right. The the quote before that, everyone wants to talk about how he died, but who cares? And I thought that, that was very powerful because mm-hmm. uh, they didn't make something up. I think that it would have done an injustice to the show had they said that anything had happened but had happened. However, it would have taken the focus away from remembering him had we talked about a drug overdose. We did get another mention later on about how his mother received a phone call. So you can assume that something took place that was out of the blue. Um, so I, I really appreciated that they didn't get too in-depth in it. I wasn't looking for this fake storyline. I was looking for something real here. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that they they went that way rather than exactly having that fake storyline. And also, I think that we, over the summer, had so much media coverage of his death, how, how Corey Monteith died, that maybe that wasn't an appropriate choice for Finn. Like, right. we, the media had covered that angle of the drug overdose over and over and over again. Did we need to hear that Finn sir came to the same death like i don't know if that would have done anything for us as viewers or gleeks Mm -hmm. like you when you go to a funeral for someone who might have tragically passed in a similar way you don't mention that right you really just focus on the good of who that person was while they were still here with us on earth Absolutely. absolutely and i think that it's also important um to note like we were talking about last week that this was not something it was not a suicide attempt so it was important that they didn't handle this situation like it was when i know that we were walking in the studio and as we were we passed by somebody who said oh cory monteith isn't that the person who committed suicide and and i think that's something that people when somebody ods it's a stigma that goes with it but just so everybody is aware again we mentioned it last week but this was an accident and i think that they are handling it very appropriately based on the fact that this was, of course, not done on purpose. He was not trying to hurt his fans. He's not trying to hurt himself. Yeah, and before we move on to the content of the show, more specifically, we should also mention that they did a responsible thing by having a PSA mm-hmm. at the end of the episode relating to all of this. Even though it wasn't mentioned as a plot line, it was definitely there if you know someone who needs help. Um, all I think it was... Uh, Sue and uh, and well, Matthew Morrison and Ma- and yeah. Uh, yeah and Artie was there too. It was it, the three of them that yeah did it, and it was so kind of the perfect ending to I felt like 
to that episode. Like, it felt like the right place to put it in right. a lot of ways. Absolutely. They didn't hit us over the head with it, but it was it was there. Yeah, and I thought the Letterman jacket tonight was kind of that interesting thing that everyone does want to hold on to something after someone passes away. And the Letterman jacket starts, of course, with Cart, because um, he... Uh, his parents obviously they all live together um it's his brother it's his brother yeah his stepbrother um so he takes letterman jackets wearing it and it's so not curt to see him in that jacket right. but it was kind of that perfect thing that you would do if you lost a brother it was a very interesting through line and it started to make me think about the other characters on the show and had one of them uh, been either passed away or taken off the show how they would have mourned for them and what items they would have had and really i feel like finn was the person who had a relationship with every single person on the show with all of the originals and he was the one who had this item that so much represented him that the title of this episode the quarterback was very fitting because yes he was the high school quarterback but he was also the team captain in so many ways of just the glee club and his friends and a well, leader and i love the symbolism the symbolism of the jacket too because you, we see it throughout the whole episode getting passed around from original cast member to original cast member but it shows it just reflect every single time Corey and, and finn is with each character they had their moment to grieve with his jacket and mm-hmm. that that little piece that they hold on to so much right and you just have to think about how therapeutic that must have been for them as the characters on glee and also as you know actors and friends of Corey, putting on that jacket symbolically like if, if that were me i would just feel like you know this is his way of embracing me through his jacket right now it's it's their like personal time with Corey or with finn that's what i couldn't get over in the episode was that this episode we have to remember was filmed months ago so in order to do that we're watching these people act as their characters who are emotionally invested in that they knew Corey. i think um we in news and gossip tonight we actually have a rachel or um leah michelle discussing the fact that she was saying goodbye to both finn and Corey mm-hmm. in the episode right. mm-hmm. and i feel like that was the case for most of the cast Right. Yeah. I mean, Corey passed away on July 13th, so coming up this weekend, we'll be at three months, which means that we right now, the feeling that we're feeling, which is so intense, I can't believe how much and how little time has gone by. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like he's been off glee and out of the world for quite some time, but it's such a short period yeah. that it, it's it's a weird feeling. Yeah, and I believe they filmed this late August-ish, mm-hmm. that, right. as I recall. And I like the fact that they picked up this episode with three weeks later. It's not something that we just saw right away. We didn't see the chaos of everybody's um, initial reactions to it. That They've had a short amount of time to grieve, but they all could collectively come together. Yeah. And it's it's just so profound, though, how they, they did come together. And even though they're still going through it, they were able to do this like shoot the episode um brad felchick and also ryan murphy and ian brennan they wrote it but but um brad directed it and he was saying how it was so tough for him as a director because his job was really to keep everyone in that grief for that two-week period of shooting shooting that episode can you imagine like when you're grieving you kind of go in and out of it and it's hard and you try and snap yourself out of it they had to go there for two weeks straight 
and just really like sit and like bathe in the emotions of losing right one I think, or two people i think that might contribute to why a lot of the scenes were one-on-one because you can't it's too emotionally draining you cannot ask every person you cannot turn to leah michelle and say i need you to be in every scene this week mm-hmm. like sometimes she is you know right. you can only do what you can do and the fact that they were able to do what they did tonight is so unbelievable and so trying and such a truth to who they are. Yeah, I mean, the Glee cast deserves so much praise for what they accomplished in this episode, for sure. Because, I mean, just coming to set, I'm sure for Leah Michelle, um, extremely difficult, the whole cast. And when you watch the episode, I had read before we watched the episode tonight that Leah Michelle comes in at the very end. And I can't even imagine for her if she was in the episode as much as she typically right. is. Like, impossible for her with what she was going through yeah and we have to applaud the cast for pulling this off and like acknowledging this death in in a proper way and giving a good proper farewell to their friend and loved one all right i'm also very happy that we stopped every other storyline how frustrating would it have been if we there was mention of new york and the role and being mm-hmm. fanny franny rice what like i uh uh-uh. uh, no. I was not having that tonight. Yeah, nothing else matters. I also love that they pulled back for, like older moments from Finn's kind of Finn's past, even though we didn't see those clips of him, like with Bert remembering with the lamp, right? Like, that he mm-hmm. could have treated Finn better, or just like one more hug. And I feel like that's something that is so relatable and lost. Yeah, and it did show us like through the lamp and remembering when Finn called it a excuse my language a faggy lamp and that where he's gone and where he's grown um and it it really was amazing his character arc and at first when he wasn't even going to join glee club you know but he had this passion for singing you have to remember him singing in the shower you know in the Mm -hmm. in the locker rooms and and not being as accepting and not wanting kurt as his brother and not wanting his dad to be with a or his mom excuse me to be with a new man and everything that he overcame and and being embarrassed of rachel to being head over heels in love with her and Mm -hmm. this episode really did remind us every step of the way how much he did grow yeah and with puck we kind of saw the opposite side of him maybe not the opposite side of him but the opposite side of how you deal with grief with him trying to keep it all in but still kind of that memory that finn was the guy who would pull up the underdog or you know be there for his friends and i thought each character kind of brought a different component of finn to the table yeah and i liked how the like the simplest inanimate objects were still pivotal to uh, Finn, you know, with his his Letterman jacket and even the dumpster, as simple. And then going back to the lamp. So these, and the drumstick. Yes, and yeah. the drumsticks. Even these small items still resonate with Corey and yeah. Finn. Mm-hmm. And finally, Coach Beast comes in and, and gives Puck that moment to grieve. We saw Mr. Shu struggling with grieving as well as Puck. And... Coach Beast comes in and finally gets him to plant that tree. Right. It was interesting. The absolute difference is like we were talking about in the way people's grieved. And, and you just, um, I know you weren't clumping Mr. Shu and Puck together, but they grieved. You could call them one category. But even in that category, yeah. the two of them were so different in the sense that Mr. Shu kind of stepped into the, let me take care of everybody else. And I'm not going to just not grieve. I'm going to be kind of stoic and I'm going to help everybody else and make sure they're okay. Puck turned angry. You know, yeah, and, and was like, I'm not going to grieve. I'm just going to be pissed. And he says, because 
I'm afraid if I start to cry, I'm never going to stop. And I thought that if of all the lines this episode, there were such beautiful lines, but and if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I even tweeted that out because I think that's how all of us felt when Corey passed and now when Finn passed. If you know, if you let yourself get there, such as Jane Lynch when she's giving the speech at the Emmys, like if you let yourself go to that point and you let yourself cry, it's scary that you just might not stop because this is such a tragedy and such a devastation that get going there is a place you don't want to be, Absolutely. but you, but you do have to, you do have to go there at some point, especially as Puck with uh, Finn being his mentor, Finn being his best friend, Finn being the person that kept him on track, you know? Yeah. Beyond Rachel's scenes, which were some of the most emotional I felt like tonight, I thought actually the sil- the scene between Will and Emma at the very end of that episode where Will finally loses it, just like... Flawless. Flawless. Mm-hmm. Matthew Morrison, again, so, so good in this episode. And ending the episode like that as opposed to on a song or on a moment with the whole club, you know, like... That's what it comes down to, you sitting in your... You put on the face you want to put on when you're out in the world, but when you're sitting in your own living room and you are thinking about it, that's what it comes down to, you being by yourself for that moment and then your support system coming in. I thought that was incredibly done. And I loved all the moments when they had their individual moments to grieve because it still felt very true to character. Like, Puck would seem the kind of person who would act out in anger and... Um, Will seems like the person who would keep it together because he's the teacher. He's and, supposed to. So even yeah. though it it was true to character, but it still felt like the actor's real emotions as well. Right. And, and it also showed a shift within the characters because they started off with their grieving in in the, you know, predicted way that's fitting with their personality. And then it always came down to what they were left with was that emotion that was deep inside of them and some of them it took longer than others to actually let it out like Shu he was the rock the entire episode everyone's rock the entire episode even for Rachel and only at the end when he was alone with Corey's jacket uh with Finn's jacket was he able to like strip that away I love the fact, just on a side note, that he was the one who stole the jacket. Yeah, I, yeah. I called that I, when we were watching it. I was like, you I did. really think that he did. Um, and I I get it. And it's more interesting that he did, he, remembering what he said to Puck. And he's like, but if you did take it, everyone deserves a piece of that, you know? And really, he had it the right. whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's the last we're seeing of the jacket. I bet that carries through to our November episodes where um, maybe they will end up retiring his jersey number and hanging his letterman jacket or something like that um because will yes selfishly needed to take it in the moment and that's okay yeah i feel like he's a guy though who maybe in a few weeks in that november episode we'll see him realize that there's like a greater purpose to that jacket Mm -hmm. but for now sometimes when you're grieving you have to be selfish so i don't think anybody would blame him and as i said that's okay right and and i kind of took it as like he was taking it like, he just needed some time with it. Right. And, like, he's taking it with the intent, to knowing that he's going to have, he'll come to a point where he's going to have to let it go and give it back. Okay. So true. We've talked a lot about our thoughts about the episode, but we always want to hear from you. You can tweet us, but you can also go on iTunes, rate, comment. Let us know what you think. If you have any favorite memories of Corey, Finn, 
We want to hear them all. We read your comments all the time. We loved reading all of your thoughts on our tribute episode. So go ahead and rate and comment. Also, if you right now, if you feel like you do need a support system, um, we are here. I know that it sounds silly or whatnot, but social media is honestly a great outlet and it's made me feel a lot better when I can share my thoughts about what's going on uh, because this is something we do think about every day and and it's hard. And we're great about tweeting you back and, you know, I am on my phone all the time, so we're definitely there for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Should we move on to Santana, who showed real strength in this episode? Right. Because a lot of times you feel like she... It kind of puts on the hard shell, but there's not necessarily, I don't know, if you kind of feel like, does she have a good heart, bad heart? It's hard to sometimes tell. We were just speaking about what kind of a griever everybody is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's the kind of griever that, to me, Santana embodied, which is the, I'm going to do something about this. Right. Like, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to, because she needs to be in charge, and she needs to have control, so she mm-hmm. took her grief, and she wanted to put it somewhere, so... She sees that Brie is tearing apart this, um, the memorial that they had made outside the lockers. And she doesn't want those candles blown out. She doesn't, you know, she goes to the office. She says something. She's like, I'm going to take action. And it's little things that she probably doesn't even actually care about, but that means such a bigger thing. She just feels like she's lost control. So she's the kind of griever who ne- needs to do something in order to feel like she's okay. Right. I really feel like she was uh, Finn Corey's, like Finn's warrior, you know, for the night. Like she was, she made it her mission to like defend him, defend what he stood for while he was alive, make sure that he was remembered in the right way. And that was just so touching because that's the way Santana would do it. You know, that's the way she would remember Corey. Exactly. And I loved how Santana was so in character too that she would be the person to go up to Sue and just tell it to her face, like, mm-hmm. straight on. I mean, very straightforward, be like, you didn't treat him, like, you didn't treat Finn the way that he he should have. Like, um, you were always disrespectful. And she finally put Sue in her place to the point where Sue even recognized that. Yeah. my See, my favorite moment with her tonight, though, I appreciated that she, like, stood up to Sue, but that um, I wanted, when she was with Kurt... When she was just those little memories. I think that was my favorite thing throughout the entire episode were these little memories of Finn and like when she was like, oh, when we slept together, he, you know, kept asking if I was okay. When I, you know, got chocolate cake on myself, he like made sure no one saw. And I was just like, these are moments that we didn't even see on the show. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those are those, the moments that you remember most about someone. Right, and like I was saying before, how he did have a relationship with everybody. Like, not that many people would Santana have sat there and said things like that about. So, um, and even Sue, when she was talking, she said, you know, we're going to honor, um, we're going to honor Finn by taking care of the people that he loves. And he knew that he, that Santana was one of them. And that's why I think she wasn't as harsh on Santana. Mm-hmm. 100%. I, I agree with you. And I, I like that Sue came around and realized the mistakes that she's made. Those mm-hmm. moments with Sue when she kind of she realizes that she's made she's made the wrong choice um are always really nice because I don't know, I just feel like you see a different side of her. Right. Yeah. Going going back to Santana quickly, I love love it when Kurt came to um to console her and sa- and basically said, you know, 
if any if there's anything he learned from Corey and it's that shame is a wasted emotion. Yeah. And I just thought like that that was such a powerful message because here she was, you know, shameful about something, but he he goes on to say, like, do you really think people are, you know, at the end of your life gonna be worried about what kind of nice person you were or you not being nice? Right. It's, mm-hmm. you know, like Yeah. It's all about yeah, taking those moments. Right. Right. He said, on your deathbed, do you want people to remember you for not... Are you going to be upset if people remember you for being kind? Right. Mm-hmm. No. Roxy, I yeah. love that you had that exact quote. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, to remember- <laughs> I have them all written. Do you, do you really think... <laughs> do you really think on the um, on your the day on your bath- deathbed, you'll think, oh, God. Oh, good. No one knew I was kind. Right. That's yeah, the quote. That's Sorry. what it was. Yeah. I mean, of course, I have them all written down. I mean, Roxy and them are my go-to. Just because I can't read doesn't mean I didn't write them. At our, uh, during our show uh, during the summer for Corey, uh, you like nailed the quote, so I knew you would uh, have them. How about I- when I did the name that where that quote came from, and Marissa named every single episode? Yeah, like freaky. Yes, true gleeks. Um. Also, as a true Gleek, I can say for me, the hardest part of this episode was watching Leah Michelle, Rachel. In mm-hmm. every scene she was in, I was near tears. And she wasn't in a lot, but the, and I, and I applaud Leah Michelle for doing as much as she did in this episode because I, no words can express like what she's probably going through. But I applaud her for being professional and coming back and really remembering Corey and Finn in the way that uh, Rachel would have remembered him. The line that really got to me where she was there was when she said, she was talking about singing in the car, and she said, before Finn, I used to sing alone. Yeah. And I think that was so all-encompassing of their relationship because before Finn, she had a dream. She had a fantasy. She knew where she was going. She was driven. Her life was on one path. And then she absolutely head over heels without a doubt found the love of her life and another thing she said tonight was that she didn't think there was another one out there like him and that might be true unfortunately it might not be she might find somebody and they won't be the same as him but it might be somebody great um but before finn i used to sing alone and you know when she found him she they sang together and it was beautiful and everybody despite the fact that on paper maybe their voices wouldn't have gone perfectly every time they yeah they nailed it i mean i've seen the two of them live as well and i've mentioned it before on the show they are phenomenal they were phenomenal together yeah and you can't help but think of also when she was saying all the, the those two lines specifically and, and yeah the other one was he was my person that was yeah. how she right when when she's saying those things and in, in in the show she's talking about finn you can't help but think about like leah michelle really feels these things i know about cory monty her I... boyfriend I was about mm-hmm. to say two little, I hate to call them fun facts, but facts about the episode, I guess we can say. Um, how about fin facts? Fin <laughs> facts. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, fun facts sounds wrong. <laughs> um, but the, uh, so did everyone notice the necklace that she was wearing? Yeah. The, the fin necklace. Mm-hmm. So she obviously, if you've seen any pictures of Leah Michelle out, she has the Corey necklace that yeah. she wears. So that was and a it's nice. Similar m- looking too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mirroring of real life i guess and also in the end of the episode we see that she places a plaque um in the room where they've where it all began for them and leah michelle said in an interview this week that um 
that Corey actually took a plaque from that room at, like when they were traveling over a summer and she has photographs of them in every location with a plaque like that and I was just mm-hmm. like that's so sweet that that's something that from real life that translated over no absolutely and I I think that the the craziest part about this episode was there was no acting involved yeah that you know because of how much it mirrored it and so we were just talking about how her emotions were all there and everything you know of course that's not her getting into character that's not her even though of course leah is different than rachel but she's speaking about her boyfriend who passed away mm-hmm. you know yeah. there's nothing there's no acting about that yeah and and there was that quick line where when they were at the memorial at the lacquers there someone said uh, this is cheesy and then rachel said no this is beautiful it really was right yeah well, I also love, she says, like, I just wanted to walk back in this room and say I'm home. And in so many ways, Finn was her home. Like, they say in one of the episodes that they were the end game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just, like, when I kept writing, I wrote down multiple times in this, like, oh, the end game. Like, we're never going to have Finchel yeah, in and that the, way it, again. But it's oh, they did such a phenomenal job of remembering him. Again. Yeah, and it goes back to the episode in back in season four when, unfortunately, Rachel and Finn were kind of separated, and Rachel didn't really want to be at McKinley anymore, and she said the line, "This isn't home anymore." And then for her to come back, full circle, and right. say this is home because Finn is here, it just that makes it all the more right absolutely and the fact that it could feel like home even though he wasn't there but it was more his spirit was there i mean losing your counterpart in life and losing your counterpart on a show those two things it's like how how do you find the way as finn's mom said how how do you wake up in the morning and for a minute you don't remember and then you do and i think you know we've all lost people before of course losing Corey was losing someone for us but we've all lost people in our personal lives and Mm -hmm. if you've ever lost somebody you know that there is that second in the morning and then it's gone and just the fact that they included that with finn's uh mom tonight and then thinking about how rachel and also leah michelle would feel about that it's just it's heartbreaking it's gut-wrenching but at least it's hopeful you know that there are things to wake up for and that she does feel like she has a support system and she does feel like she has a home and she is getting this show and you know there there are things to keep moving on for and i love how they had so many different perspectives on this group because we also like you said we had finn's mom we got the parental um opinion on a, a loss and so i loved how we had the adult um, perspective, and then even the young friends and peers' perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she had one quote, because we um, just quickly covered the adult perspective, but she was talking about how she still has to be a parent, but she no longer has a son. And that was just, like, the most dead-on. I think that's really what... The writing of this episode was incredible. Mm-hmm. The performances were incredible because they were... Ha- hardly performing and Mm -hmm. but just the word choices i know that i usually write down a lot of quotes but like i have four pages here of quotes of things that were like yep you just you get it you just get it yeah with Mm -hmm. leah i just the tears we saw her cry i believe that was the teen choice awards and then it was the same tears in that episode i mean Mm -hmm. you it wasn't like you can tell when someone is 
crying on camera. Or the speech that Jane Lynch gave at the um at the Emmys versus what she said tonight about how it's too soon somebody with so much potential. Yeah. And it was this the speech is paralleled very well. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that kind of going back to that PSA that he appeared to have the perfect thing going on, had everything going on and mm-hmm. you know and to lose him in this way and i thought just again the way that they honored him the way they just went about it the writers the cast everyone deserves so much credit for that absolutely and mm-hmm. because we hear over and over again how loved he was and tonight was a testament to that 100 percent. should we move on to songs or any other thoughts before we head over to songs um no. Okay. I think, I think we can move on. Okay. I didn't want to like. <laughs> no. I felt like I wanted to give you all the chance to. I do think that it's. Um, we can do it after songs if we want, but we we've been over here passing I, notes I'm, like little school kids. Uh, um, because I know they were doing this on Twitter tonight for a little bit, but just a brief moment of silence at some point, just yes. so everybody can remember in his own way. But we could do it pre-songs, post-songs. Let's do it post-songs. I think that that sounds like the right call. Um, we'll play a song, post songs, and re- mm-hmm. and have right a moment about of, it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a moment um, of song silence. Song silence. <laughs> it's the way we do it here at After Buzz. Um, <laughs> and Glee style. For Glee. Yeah. And Glee. Um, so oh. seasons of love. I mean, the perfect start to this episode. I like. It's what I wanted. It's what I needed at that moment. It wasn't too dark. It wasn't too light it was just hitting the tone perfectly for me right and and having them all together it's such a cast song cast type of song absolutely all their voices everyone blending. the harmonies blending together and just like the, the lyrics of that song makes so much sense measure your life in love you know and mm-hmm. that's that's really what matters and that song really brings it home yeah it's the measure your life and the happy little things not not just you know all the bad things but all the little mm-hmm. things that you wouldn't really think of but that makes up your life. I pick on Glee a lot for choosing the wrong song to open with. Um, and luckily I don't have to pick on them tonight. You know, they, they, they were, they got it. They nailed it. The entire song selection in terms of order came very well. Yeah. I completely agree. I, oftentimes we disagree on songs. (laughs) You hear us week after week debate. Um, I think we're going to have similar thoughts tonight though. I hope. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I'll stand beside you, which um, is stand by you. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. I'll stand by you as I'm reading my notes very quickly. Uh, The Pretenders. uh, It's sung by Mercedes. Um, This is a song that we heard Finn sing when he thought Quinn was having his baby. They mentioned it in the episode, Mm -hmm. Um, and and then they cut quickly to Puck. That was funny. I wanted the one thing I can say about this is I thought Amber Riley knocked it out of the ballpark. She did a great job managing the song. I just wanted a flashback of him. That, that's yeah. what I was talking about before. I wanted a flashback. Um, when Amber started the song, I thought that she was doing a fabulous job, but I was focusing on Amber. Um, it was the moment that everybody started singing in, everybody joined yeah. in, that I was like knocked off my chair. Yeah. One of the strongest moments of the episode. like it Because this isn't about one person. It's about the collective now. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Like, just the second they joined in, if you go back and re-listen to it, it's probably three choruses deep. You, I, I don't know how you could not just 
I'm, obviously I'm struggling for yeah. words. I was speechless. I mean, her tears again, another person with the tears tonight that you know that those are coming from such a genuine place. Yeah. And I liked how the first time we see, we hear the song and performed in Glee, it, it is Finn singing to the sonogram, which when you're watching it for the first time, you think it might be a little weird and awkward. And I'm like, why is he doing that? And when you're watching it, but I loved how they bring it back and kind of touch upon the awkwardness, but make it more serious and more real, kind of like redeeming the song a little bit. I think. Yeah, interesting. I I really appreciated that performance. Um, one of my all-time favorite songs is next, just in general. I love this James Taylor song, Fire and Rain, um, and Artie with Sam, which I always like that as a pairing. Um, I think their voices go really nicely together. Yeah. It, it wasn't like this big number. It, it felt intimate. Like we talked about those intimate moments, and that to me was really nice. I appreciated the majority of the songs being in the chorus room. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated the pairing of Artie and Sam. Mm -hmm. And not that Artie didn't do a fantastic job, but Sam, to me, just the on the guitar, his face just like set, it just said it all. The Watching Sam's face, mm -hmm. the way that he thought through it, another breathtaking moment. I think you can go on YouTube and check it out. Um, Cordover Street did a a performance here in LA and did a song in memory of Corey and it's it's that same face it's it's what he was feeling right yeah. mm -hmm. and I love the line in the song where um the, the line thought that I'd see you again which is so real when we come to a death because we always assume that we're going to be seeing this person again and when something mm -hmm. as devastating as this happens uh I th thought this line was very real yes yeah um Another song tonight, If I Die Young, which is the band Perry, um, and Santana uh, did this one. It hit really just kind of close to home in this episode. It, it was a great, just lyrically, I think, a strong choice. Yeah, and and then also how she just couldn't even finish the song. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, she succumbed to her emotion while she was relating to the situation mm -hmm. right and the way just the top of the song where she goes in and she's kind of you know too proud to be upset and then by the end she's literally screaming yeah mm -hmm. ryan murphy mentioned that a lot of the uh, performances in this episode were done in one take um and you can see why i mean you can't get those emotions again and again and again mm -hmm. so i imagine that that was very interesting to film when you're you know you're only getting one chance at this so um the next one was no surrender which is a bruce springsteen song and it was sung by puck i think we talked about last week what was puck gonna sing um we know that mark salling was a good friend of cory monteith's that was a big question that came up in I know, um, on blogs and things like that last week. Yeah, they kept they kept panning to the empty chair in the choir room. This yeah. was the absolute perfect pick for a song for him to sing. Mm -hmm. Number one, maybe it's because I'm such a Bruce Springsteen fan, but mm -hmm. I think the song the lyrics are amazing. Number two, it wasn't too sappy. It was very puck. Um, <laughs> and the voice fit very well for him. It was definitely in his range. Right. I loved how we, we went, we panned from empty chair to Puck's face looking at empty chair, to empty chair and back and forth like that. The simplicity in this number, as well as many other numbers, was exactly what I needed in order to have my own 
thought process and emotions and feelings. I didn't want to keep seeing, I mean, they did show some, sometimes I'm going to refer to them as the audience, but I mean the new directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did appreciate that, you know, when you see maybe Blaine grab Kurt's hand, something like that. But I didn't want, like we usually do, just to look at all of them and see how they react the whole time. I need to be able to feel and I need to be able to react. So going back and forth like that, it really worked for me. I agree. And I also appreciated the fact generally in the episode that we did focus more on the originals than right. we did. We mm-hmm. didn't... The Kitty didn't have her own solo tonight. Exactly. Like, we needed to go back to that original six, even in the... You see the L and the Glee um, sign tonight be Corey right. in that original pose. So it felt like they understood that if you were a Gleek from season one, that this is what you really wanted. Right. Yeah, and I'm glad that the, the newer directions... Really didn't have any lines the at New York all. Direction. Yeah, they, they sang back up, and that's all that was needed from them. Yeah, um, and finally tonight, I can call it a flawless performance. Um, we had "Make You Feel My Love," which is an Adele song. Rachel singing that, and I just—I literally wrote flawless. I have nothing but praise for her. That is the perfect song selection for me because that song is about wanting so badly to 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 just spread your love to a person and you might not be able to anymore. And it's just that agony of like wanting to give it so bad and for you to to know that that person's receiving it. Although she did the most amazing job of all time and the song selection was perfect, this was the place for a montage for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I agree. This was it. During it, even if it was just of the two of them, that was the place for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I mean, this is such a random thing to recall, but at the end of the office, they have like the Pam and Jim montage. You mm-hmm. want that like moment with that couple that you're never going to have again. We never yeah. get them again. Yeah. And I needed that. I needed it. That yeah. was for me, as I said, this is what, without that montage right there, made the episode go, it would have taken it from a 10 to a 12. Right. I, I agree. I wanted one more Fitchell, Fitchell yeah. moment mm-hmm. right. for me. The Fitchell fan. Here. <laughs> um, You're the only one. I mean, <laughs> the only one. Of course, all of you are, I'm sure, as well. I feel like at this table, I normally fight for it. Moment of silence. Okay. Can 
how we all loved Corey and just love Glee so much that it's a weird combination of like smiling because like looking at his smile. If you're watching on iTunes, we have a photo up of him. Uh, I mean, if you're listening on iTunes, we have a photo up of him in the background right now and he just had the most contagious smile and yeah. I, you know, it's like, it's like even if my eyes are watering and I have tears coming down, yeah. um, I don't know. You can't help but kind of smile right. when you think about him. Yeah. It's almost like he's saying like, come on guys, I'm yeah. still here. Keep smiling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep smiling. Well, I think yeah. that might be the perfect segue into our news and gossip. So if you say so. After TV News. Well, I should say that our first piece of news and gossip tonight is talking about that this tribute, Ryan Murphy says that this uh, episode was made of a pure feeling of love. And I think that's what you see from what we're talking about tonight is that he brought so much joy that to remember him with love, I think, was the only way to do it. I mean, I was going to say the best way, but I think it's really the only way. Um he says, it was very difficult to shoot. It was very difficult to edit. I only got through two tries, but it was done with a really pure feeling of love for him. And I think that's what this episode is about. Treasure your friendships when you have them because one day they're not going to be there. And for young people in particular, I think it's a really sweet, kind message. And right. I, Absolutely. Amen. No, we're not invincible. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I pulled this and I was like, I wonder, I imagined what this episode was going to be. Um, when I was pulling news and gossip today, but I think now reading the quote back after seeing the episode, it is really was all about that. Right. I know that it would have been impossible to get the whole team back together, but I really would have loved to see Quinn and Brittany. I'm surprised they weren't there. I mean, Brittany, um, was obviously, she was pregnant at the time. I don't know that she wanted to come in, but Quinn, I I don't know why. It would have probably thrown off the storyline if she just came in pregnant for an episode. Right. However, yeah, I... I know that it wasn't possible, but I do wish the whole gang was there. Yeah. Because that friendship they're talking about, that's the crew. I yeah. think mm-hmm. Diana, Aaron, it was her um, scheduling. That's what it came down to. I'm sure. Yeah, she's been off yeah, filming mm-hmm. movies recently. Um, Leah Michelle, I mentioned, she did her first major interview uh, post Corey's uh, passing. And she says that there's no greater man than Corey Monteith. Um, I feel like I, I mentioned this quote earlier. I feel like for me personally, I've lost two people, Corey and Finn. Everyone is asking, is it hard to do this? Is it hard to be back at work? But the truth is, there's, uh, it's no harder at work than it is in life. So we might as well be together as a family supporting each other to get through this. And I think in this episode, you saw that in those intimate moments, that wasn't just the characters. Right. You know, it mm-hmm. was, the people this episode was such a blur between art and real life that Mm -hmm. i don't even know where you could pinpoint what What was was what what? yeah yeah um and then we also had amber riley on ellen degeneres talking about her role in coming back to glee um she says, uh, singing the song to him, the specific song that I'm singing is very touching and people will recognize the song. Obviously, um, we did recognize it. <laughs> um, we, um, and she remembers those early days on Glee. We were laughing and reminiscing while we were there watching old videos. She's talking about being in New York, watching old videos of Corey dancing and our first trip to New York on a private plane and how goofy we all were. So. And I think I actually remember there's like video footage of Corey in the airport with Aaliyah Michelle back back in the day. There's like they did little promotional videos. You can probably still find mm-hmm. them on the Fox site. Um, 
And finally, should we go into some predictions? And now, I know. I mean, TV. What? We should start off still all hoping for flashbacks. Yeah. Maybe not a full on montage anymore because it might not be right. fit correctly, but maybe flashbacks that fit with the storyline. I don't know. We can start by predicting that we're back November 7th. I was about to yes. say, that's so, key. Um, so I, I have a feeling that we'll be back. I really, this is hopes, not prediction, but I really hope that they mention his name. Um, if, if we have an episode or two go by and they don't speak about him, uh, I'm going to be very upset. I hope so, too, and that relates to I waited on this piece of news and gossip because I felt like it fit better in predictions. Um, so, uh, once again, Ryan Murphy is talking about we keep mentioning Finn. They're not going to ignore the fact that this character existed. Thank God. We, uh, we don't just say this is done and we are never going to go back to it. It resonates throughout the year. We're trying to be sensitive but trying to go back to some more optimistic stories. He always loved that about the show. So I hope that we kind of, we've talked about it a bunch this year that it feels like season one again. And I hope that's what we get when it returns in November. That there's that optimistic feeling from season one, but that we can still remember him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we'll get some individual moments again where they're still still trying to cope with this loss, but hopefully Glee will come to the point where we can say Cor's Cor and Finn's name without like any grief behind it. That like it's a place of happiness. It, yeah. They've exactly they've come to the point where they've accepted. It, absolutely, I couldn't. You couldn't phrase it more perfectly. And I think they're also setting it up so that we see it through. That you know they do retire his jersey. Yes, uh, that will be such an emotional moment because that's where it all began on the football field in the locker room. Like he was a football player before anything else, which is why the episode is title of the quarterback right i think when you lose somebody at first you there's a big hole and it leaves this hole and eventually at some point you can start taking the memories you have and filling the hole slowly with memories and i think that right now we have this hole and this episode is closing that hole saying you know what i'm not getting any bigger i'm not growing any deeper it's time for you guys to start taking your memories and filling this hole what a great way of saying. So I hope they can do that. Like you were saying, I hope that they can say his name and smile. I hope that Leah Michelle can, or that Rachel can be practicing for being Fanny and she can be thinking about him saying, this is, he motivated me to do this, you know? Yeah. Do it for Corey. Right. Yep. Like, I still hope, yeah, we see more of this. But, you know, tweet us your thoughts. Let us know what you're thinking about the episode, about Corey. If you need someone to talk to, we're all here. Um, you can tweet me at Stephanie Wanger and tweet AfterBuzz at AfterBuzzTV. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at TV. You can follow me on Twitter at Sarah with an H Mendoza. And I'm at Roxy Stryer. Thanks again for watching, everybody, and we'll be back in November. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. We love you, Corey. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.